Hello everybody and welcome to the Paperback Philosophy Podcast. Before we get started, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping because we're going to take this podcast in a different direction. Um, I realize I haven't built up enough of a fan base that anybody expects any kind of consistency from me, but nevertheless, I do want to let you know what's going on. Now, before I get to the changes, there are two things that are going to remain the same. The first of those being that the Paperback Philosophy Podcast is the podcast with the sexiest audience. That will always be true. There's no way that we can escape this. If you're hearing this right now, that that means that you are inherently sexy. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it except for sit back, listen, and enjoy being sexy. Now, the second thing that I wanted to to keep for this uh, for this podcast is uh, the idea that this is a censorship-free podcast. Now, if you've listened to the previous podcast, you'll hear me repeat this phrase on a continuous continuous basis throughout multiple different episodes. The reason for this is because we live in a society right now that is trying to censor people. And we need to be able to use our freedom of speech. We need to be able to talk to each other. That's the most important thing. We've lost our ability to communicate with each other. And instead of discussing things and having actual conversation and like debating ideas, what people are doing are just shutting down. They're going into their own little worlds, their own bubbles, and they're not, they're not allowing any alternative opinion to enter inside of that inside of that bubble when it comes to fighting bad ideas the best way to fight bad ideas is with good ideas because if if you're coming at bad ideas and you're telling bad ideas how terrible they are and how racist they are and all of these other things and you you banish them you don't allow them to speak then they don't go away all you've done is taken them from your site but what they do is they go into the dark corners of the internet and they find people who believe the same way as they do. And these people will boost up their their beliefs, their preconceived notions, their prejudices and everything like that. And these ideas and these beliefs, these harmful beliefs, the, these ideas that are destructive to other people, they end up becoming stronger and overwhelming the person. And then those people start acting upon those ideas. And that's not what you want. So, if there is something that that somebody believes, I believe that they should have the, re- the right to speak about that. I believe that if I want to stop the progression of that thought, if I want to uh, get them to a more neutral point that's less racist or violent or sexist or what have you, that I need to be able to contradict what they're saying. I need to be able to persuade them that their thinking is Ill, ill-informed. So that's um, that's why we are going to remain a censorship-free podcast. That's uh, extremely important, especially during this time. So those are the two main things that we're keeping. But as far as going in a different direction... Um, the first thing that you should know is that I've decided to go completely crazy. I'm not entirely certain what that means. I made the decision probably about two months ago, and I've actually been feeling pretty good about it. So, um, yeah, uh, 
I, I, I kept myself um, more more centered and less uh, less flamboyant, less natural, less myself in previous podcasts and and um, you know part of that was the conversational aspect of it, which I'm going to get to in a second. But basically, what I'm saying with that is have no expectations going forward. I'm not going to have any kind of consistency. I don't have any rules now. Uh, my podcast is my podcast, and each day it is going to be what it needs to be that day. I'm not going to try to make it something that it's not, and I'm not going to try to make it into something that I don't want it to be. So that's 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 where I am on that. Now, the next thing that we need to talk about is the conversational aspect of the Paper Bag Philosophy Podcast. Um, That is going to remain kind of. Um, I am going to seek out conversations with interesting people, people who have differing opinions than me. Um, I, I want to talk to a lot of people, and if you would like to come on this show and either challenge my ideas or discuss my ideas or discuss your own ideas, I encourage you to reach out to me. Uh, I, I definitely want more people on this podcast. I want more people talking and communicating with each other. That's one of my main goals. Uh, but at its core for right now, uh, this is going to become a solo podcast, um, Like I said, there will be conversational aspects in the future, but there's going to be a lot of me just talking. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of that's probably just going to be ranting about the things that I'm upset about. Because I'm upset about a lot of things right now. And I think that you are too. And I think that that's probably why you're listening to this podcast right now. So... What it comes down to is that we are currently in the middle of a war. But it's not a a war in the traditional sense with, um, with jets and tanks and missiles and soldiers and things like that. It's a, it's a silent war. It is a informational war. It's a propaganda war. It's a, a war of ideology. Um, and it, it's happening all across the United States and all across the world and it's it's not a new thing this has been something that's been happening for a really really long time um, it started out small with, with teeny tiny lies um, these started pervading our consciousness and we accepted them This was probably at least a hundred years ago, but probably further back than that. You know, as as we progress as a society, yes, we make a lot of developments and everything, but we also also become more simplistic in our thinking. We also um, devolve a little bit, and uh, that's something that's going to happen. We We can bounce back from that if we are willing to work towards it, but every every individual has to make that that conscious decision on their own. So essentially what happens, or what has been happening, is that inside of America, there have been 
there have been extremely corrupt players. And... These extremely corrupt players, they've been working behind the scenes for for decades. And... What they want to bring about is the destruction of America. And I realize that that sounds very conspiracy theory and way out there and whatnot, but it's accurate. When it comes down to it, America is the last bastion of freedom in the world today. Um, our constitution has been shredded to the point where it's almost recognizable. But there are still good people out there that are still fighting for the uh, the rights that are laid out in the Constitution. Those people are winning. We're winning. The the um, the ideas of America are winning. But it doesn't feel like we're winning. And the reason why it doesn't feel like we're winning is because of what Trump calls the silent majority. The One of the big problems in America today is that we started becoming more and more divided as the rhetoric became more and more extreme. But the rhetoric was always attached to emotional undertones. And even though people could recognize, hey, this rhetoric is harmful, or uh, this is against the ideas of America, or this is the, 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 these ideas which claim, to be ra- or claim not to be racist are, are exactly what racism is, people saw these things. People have been seeing them build up for years, but they've always been thinking to themselves, well, what can I do about this, you know? You know, I know that our politicians are corrupt. I know that the CIA is doing a whole bunch of shady things. I know that the FBI is doing shady things. I know that we have all of these organizations and stuff that are working in the shadows. I know that there's uh, pedophiles who are in charge of everything. That there are human trafficking networks and tunnels that run throughout the entire world. That um, there's so much co- corruption, hypocrisy... We know all of these things. We we know that politicians are corrupt. We know that they're doing things to harm us. But we've accepted one of the those those small lies that I accepted, or that I was talking about earlier. We've accepted the idea that we, as the individual, are powerless against against the the, the powers that be. Uh, we've said to ourselves, well, what what can we do about it? Um, these things, these things happen. What, what can you do? I'm just one person. I'm too weak. And then when it came to challenging the rhetoric, people didn't want to do that because of the emotional undertones. People didn't want to, to, um, push back on a false narrative because they were afraid of being called a racist or a Nazi or sexist or all of these other ist that seem to permeate through our society and apparently we have millions and millions of them waiting or waiting behind every corner to leap out and attack us these things started permeating in our culture and for some it was that we didn't understand what 
it meant. Uh, for others, they recognized what it meant, but they were unwilling to say anything. And then the few who were left got silenced into oblivion because the the majority, the the people who, the the loud minority actually, the um, the loud voices kept repeating their phrases over and over and over again. And though the majority of the population didn't actually believe what they were saying then even though the majority of the population didn't believe what they were saying more and more people started to embrace the ideology they started embracing these simple phrases and these absolute ideas um and they would they would they would have an entire belief system based upon a catchphrase and think that they were this deep philosopher or something, but really they were just being manipulated. It was a, a tool of people who want to destroy America, for lack of a better term. But here we are now, and things are crazy and ridiculous look there's mob violence there's a um a a pandemic that um is, is frightening people into submission um there's racist ideology there's just so many things that are dividing us right now. I apologize for not having my thoughts all the way together. The important thing for this particular podcast was to start recording again. And I don't know exactly what I, I wanted to say when I started talking. All I knew is that it was important to start talking. And so that's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm, I'm coming here. And I'm, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. And I think that this is another part of the silent majority. Even the people who do kind of understand what is going on. They're looking at everything. And they're saying this is so massive and huge. There's so many intertwined pieces and everything. And you're trying to remove the, the narratives and the fake news and the misinformation and everything. But it, it's like, I think it's the Hydra. Is that what it is? Where you cut off one head and three more heads appear like it's it's an ongoing battle of misinformation and fake news and and assumptions people will just straight up make assumptions about about things and think that they know what is going on because some dude on facebook told them the story everything is about narrative control right now that is what you are experiencing it's a battle for narrative and the reason for this is because what you believe determines the actions that you take. And so in order to control the actions that people take, in order to control people and get them to do what you want them to do, you have to control their belief system. And you control their belief system by controlling the information that is available to them. And that is why the, the censor, censorship that is happening with big tech is such a, is such a big deal. Um, you have Facebook deciding who gets to see what. 
if you prefer one political candidate over another one, they're allowed to decide that that candidate gets more airtime. That car- that candidate gets more ability to speak. Um, they, they have hidden ways of, of making your, your posts so that people aren't seeing them. Um, it's called shadow banning if you're not familiar with it. Everything is about controlling the flow of information because if you control the the flow of information, if you control the narrative, you control what people believe. And if you control what people believe, then you control how they react and act. So, perfect example, and I know that this is going to make a lot of people mad, it are, are these Black Lives Matter protests slash riots that are going on right now. The majority of the stories that Black Lives Matter throw themselves behind are not true. And we have we have evidence that they're not true. The narrative that they're pushing is um, is baloney. Now, some of these are tragedies. Some of these the the it shouldn't have happened for sure but the the narrative that came around it like even when you have something that is genuinely a tragedy and you don't need to exaggerate upon it people still continue to exaggerate and and make this narrative more than it is but the stories aren't true and meanwhile we do have examples of real police brutality and we do have examples of uh real violence against black people and we have examples of all of these things that are real where we don't have to fake in information, where we don't have to exaggerate, where we don't have to play with people's emotions to push a political agenda. We have these examples, and we can gather around these, and we can we can move forward and talk about it because, you know, there is a large consensus, I feel like, that police reform needs to happen. But then you have the other extreme, and people are saying uh, defund the police and abolish the police. And then people will say that defund the police doesn't mean abolish the police. But then you have other people that are out there actually screaming abolish the police. Do they mean that they don't want to abolish the police? They're... I recognize. I recognize that the um, the bad actors do not speak for the majority of a group. So maybe the majority of the left is against the violence. Maybe the majority of the left is against the rioting. But that's not what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is the majority of the people that I would consider being left-wingers, I see them making excuses for the looting. Um, There's that there's that book that came out in defense of looting the npr spotlighted and everything and it's just such a bizarre concept and then you have other people saying that what um i don't know something like we could never loot as much as they stole from us and everything like the the justifications for for bad behavior for criminal activity it's so absurd, but that goes back to this this um, this information warfare that we've been we've been experiencing for decades, and um, I think specifically it started in the '70s and it started in academia and all of these uh, professors started coming in and they started started 
preaching these ideas and these theories and these extreme emotional attachment to to racial identity and gender gender identity and all of these arbitrary factors all of these things that that don't really define what a person is they have absolutely nothing to do with character they're all about race gender age just uh, things that you cannot control about yourself but they make these the core issues and then they 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 um divide people based upon these issues i mean you can look at this with the um what do they call it critical race theory training um anytime that they do one of these sessions and everything when they're talking about how um, America has always been white supremacist and will always be white supremacist and everything. They do segregate people into groups, and it's usually people of color, which is a weird accepted term right now that is basically the opposite. Uh, or the, 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 it's directly the same almost as a phrase that is considered insulting right now. Like you just flip the, flip the terminology around. And that's considered an insult. I don't know. It's a, it's so confusing. That's part of the problem. Is that it's a um, it's a battle for language. That's why that's why these um, these leftists will come out and they'll say that defund the police doesn't mean defund the police. Um, they'll say believe all women except for Tara Reid. They don't say that directly, but that's basically what they say. Everything is 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 double speak with them. Like, have you noticed that? Um, what is it? Defund the police doesn't mean get rid of the police. Um, I don't know. Everything is doublespeak. Like I said, I'm not prepared for this particular podcast. What this podcast is about is about starting up again. The reason why I have not been doing podcasts is because I haven't been doing podcasts. And that's what it comes down to. I need to come in here and I need to start speaking my mind. And I need to start doing it on a regular basis. And that's what this episode's about. So I don't care that I'm stuttering. I don't care that I can't get my thoughts together. I don't care that some of what I'm saying right now is probably considered offensive and everything. Because as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I decided I've gone crazy. And that means that I don't care anymore. I just need to speak and I need people to listen to me. I mean, I can't force people to listen to me. Everybody has to do what they have to do. But I'm not going to stop speaking. I'm not going to ignore my freedom of speech for your sensibilities. I have been growing recently as far as my influence. And I don't have a huge audience, but I definitely have some pull. And I definitely there are definitely people out there who have high respect for what I'm posting on Facebook and everything. And I'm starting to build a culture around the ideas that I'm spreading. And more and more people are getting involved with um, commenting on my, my stuff and um, adding to the conversation and defending what I'm saying and things of that nature. But inside of that has come a double-edged sword that I wasn't expecting, but I'm glad that I'm recognizing right now. Um, People do not like the idea that I've built up a platform for myself, that my ideas are spreading, and that they are not in control of 
the message that that a lot of people are seeing um and they're turning on me because of it and like it's some people that i would even consider pretty good friends they um they don't like my influence, but I, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a long time building up my Facebook presence and everything. I've, I've, I've cultivated these ideas. I've cultivated these friendships and these communications and everything. I'm not going to apologize to people because I built myself a platform for which I can, I can speak and actually say my mind, especially if my, if my opinion doesn't agree with yours, because that's why I needed to speak in the first place, because I needed my opinions to be heard. And the reason for this is because I do actually care about the truth. I do actually care about finding the best solutions for moving forward and everything. But we can't do this unless we are communicating with each other, unless we're talking with each other, unless we're being honest, and unless we're looking at each other's ideas objectively and critically and debating them on the merit of the ideas instead of attacking people. And so that's that's what I'm finding out. And that's kind of what this whole um, this whole podcast is about. Trump came up with this this phrase, the silent majority, and it accurately describes what is going on. You have a, a, a group of people, and it is a large, large group inside of America that, that are very bothered by what they see, but they are afraid to speak up. Um, they are afraid to say anything. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to have the mob target them specifically. Um, they don't want to have to deal with the Facebook comments, people calling them racist, Nazi, sexist, homophobic, what have you. They don't, they don't want to deal with these things, but they're terrified. And they're starting to, they're starting to recognize that, that what is happening right now is not normal and it's not okay. And it's violent and it's, um, it's something that's going to lead to the destruction of America, but they're afraid. They're afraid to speak up and say their mind because there's a lot of people that understand what's going on to a certain extent and, and, and different differing levels and everything. You know, maybe some people their level of awakeness is realizing that the reason we went to um, Iraq was because the mainstream media and our government sold us the lie of weapons of mass destruction. Uh, maybe there are some people who realize that the CIA are responsible for demonizing the term conspiracy theory to, to paint anybody who questioned the official narrative of JFK as a crazy person. Um, maybe people are starting to realize that um, the U.S. government brought over literal Nazis from Nazi Germany, brought over their scientists, and like covered up all of their crimes. And... Um, those experiments continued in America. And and some people are, are realizing different aspects and once again are saying that, that idea like, well, what, what can I do about it? Well, you're right to a certain extent. There's not really that much you can do as an individual standing up against the powers of government. The government has proved over and over again that they don't mind assassinating people who stand against them. They don't mind putting people in prison who, who uh, expose their crimes. Uh, they don't mind to um, oppress 
they don't mind being totalitarian over us. Uh, the threat is real. Speaking your mind is real. And now we have to deal with the, the mobs. The uh, We have to deal with the... Uh, the um, the, the Black Lives Matter mobs, the the uh, COVID-19 mobs, the fake news mobs, the Donald Trump mobs, like all of these different mobs that are going around and they're screaming at people, you must believe what we believe or else we are going to cause chaos. We're going to destroy things. We're going to spray paint on everything. And then people come out and they're like, oh, yes, yes, we do believe what you believe. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry and everything. They take a knee and then what? They get beheaded, essentially. They, um, they get, they get castracized. That's the wrong word, but you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, the mob doesn't care whether or not you agree with them. What they want is submission. What they want is for you to take the knee and what they want is for you to stop talking. And that's what I'm experiencing right now. I'm experiencing hostility because my voice is effective. And I am one person that is spreading a message and people are attaching onto that message. And the more that people attach upon that particular message or any of my messages, the more that that unity grows. And if we can grow behind messages and ideas and truth and real information, if we can connect to each other on those ideas and those principles, then nobody can stand against us. But that's the problem, is that half of our country believes complete lies, and half of our country believes a, a complete different set of lives, lies in reality. Um, I, I think that there's very, very few people, and I'm not even including myself in this, who actually have a firm grasp on what is true and what is accurate. And that is the important thing. Look at everything that has happened since Donald Trump got elected. It's been four years of smears and lies and and disinformation and impeachment hoaxes. And, um, well, it's just been hoax and hoax and hoax after hoax. And they're all aimed at the president. And they never stick. And by the time that we figure out that it was all fake news to begin with, then they moved on to some other scandal that people get distracted by. And they forget about the first scandal that wasn't actually a scandal to begin with. And it it, it, it puts on this perpetual scandal. And people keep building this idea. Oh, look what Trump did today. He made fun of a handicapped reporter. But that was false. But by the time that you figure out that it's false, they've moved on to that he's going to start World War III with Iran or or China or North Korea or Russia or any of the other countries that they said that he's going to start World War III with. It's just like if you look at their their ability to predict the future when it comes to Trump, they are like I don't think that they've made like a single a single accurate prediction. I don't and the majority of the things that they actually publish and stuff they're they're fake news or they're they're uh, they're twisted in such a way that things that actually look good are bad, and that um, things that are bad actually look good. Like that's that's the society the society that we live in right now. Like, have you ever read 1984? Um, if you haven't read it in a while, you need to check it out again because there are some elements in that that are happening right now. A perfect example. 
1984, there's this scene where all of these um, people are putting up their propaganda posters and it's talking about this enemy that they hate. We're going to say that it's Eurasia. Eurasia is the enemy. Eurasia is the enemy. And it's all these like violent images against Eurasia and stuff like that. And they're all happily putting up their propaganda posters and then they all go home and they go to bed. Well, then the next day, the, uh, the big brother voice comes over the loudspeakers and says, Eurasia is now our friend, has always been our friend, and anyone who says otherwise is, is, a, is a traitor. And so in this, in this moment, uh, all of the people who just the day before have been happily putting up all of this propaganda all over the town, they started looking around and they started seeing this propaganda, and they were so much under the mind control of Big Brother, that they had completely forgotten about the fact that they put up the posters themselves. And they they became convinced that foreign enemies snuck in in the middle of the night and put up all of these posters, and they became violent, and they started ripping down all of these posters, that the very posters that they had put up. So... That's... That's what we're dealing with right now, and you can see that with the, well, I'm going to take it back to the protest. Before the Black Lives Matter protest, there were actually peaceful protests, just saying. Nobody died, no buildings were burned, nothing like that, but there were actual peaceful protests that were uh, protesting the lockdown orders. And all of these media outlets came out and they said, these people are going to spread coronavirus. They're not being safe. This should be illegal, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, they were completely disregarding the uh, First Amendment right to peacefully protest and peacefully assemble. So they said all of these things about these peaceful protesters, these genuinely peaceful protesters, and, and, and said that they were going to spread COVID and everything. Well, shortly after that, the George Floyd incident occurred, and then the Black Lives Matter protest started. And with these protests came a lot of violence and burning of buildings and people getting killed and things like that. But you can watch the mainstream media, and they were saying that these were peaceful protests, you know, that I, I know, I do know that there is, well, at least there's an article going around that says 93% of the, the peaceful protest or the protests have been peaceful, which is great. Those people should have the right to peacefully protest. Um, but if it is only 7% and I kind of highly find it that I find it highly unlikely that it is only 7% that are causing the rioting and everything, which I don't even know how you, you, um, you qualify that. But anyway, if it is only 7%, that 7% is at least worth, or, um, has caused at least 2 billion worth of damage so far. They've killed over 30 people so far. Um, you know, they, they've destroyed communities, um, uh, in the name of their ideology, but the big thing is the, the reaction from the mainstream media. The mainstream media com, um, continued to paint them as peaceful protests, even when there were buildings burning in the background, even when they were getting pelted with, with bottles and, 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 and rocks and things like that. They continued to say that the, the protests were peaceful. And they kept insisting that these peaceful protests were not going to spread the coronavirus. And... Um, 
they kept downplaying the fact that these people weren't socially distancing and everything. And so you had this split in the the, the media based upon the ideology of the individual. The people who were protesting against the lockdowns, they tended to be more right-leaning individuals. And so they got this treatment of, oh, they're spreading COVID. Now the Black Lives Matter movement seems to be more connected with the left ideology. And because and the uh, the mainstream media treated them as if they weren't spreading COVID, as if they as if they didn't need to socially distance, as if they didn't need to wear masks, and all of these things. It's a, it's a double it's a double standard that's based upon political ideology. Um, a virus is a virus. A virus doesn't care if you're a conservative or if you're a liberal. Um, a, a virus doesn't um, care if you are participating in a protest or if you're at Walmart. Um, a virus doesn't care. It's going to spread because that's what viruses do. Now, there's so many things about this virus that I think are just fear-mongering and everything like that, but that's not what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about is the treatment of the media of these two different people. The idea should have been the same. We need to protect the the right to peacefully protest and peacefully assemble, and... um, if these, if this crowd is spreading COVID, then this crowd is spreading COVID as well. But they refuse to acknowledge this, and even Dr. Fauci refused to acknowledge this. And, and this was really weird. And like at first, it just seemed like Jim Jordan was just being political, and I thought that Dr. Fauci was actually answering in a really good way. But then at one point, Dr. Fauci just like straight up clarified that he was not going to say that the protest caused COVID, um, and that's impossible. Like I said, it's a virus or it's not a virus. It, it either spreads or it doesn't. And it doesn't care about your political ideologies. But I say this because, you know, just like those people in 1984 that went and ripped down their own posters and everything, I literally saw somebody make a Facebook post that said, these uh, the peaceful protesters aren't going to be the ones who spread COVID. If anything, it's going to be those MAGA Trump supporters who are out there protesting the lockdown. Your, your logic doesn't make any sense. It doesn't compute. It is a fucking virus, regardless of what your, your political ideology is. But you're not allowed to speak anymore. And I guess that that's that's kind of the whole main point is like, I get it. I'm getting attacked frequently uh, because of my political beliefs. I understand why people do not want to speak up. Um, I am in a position where I do have more freedom to speak up and I'm less fearful that I will lose my job or or that I'll be targeted or something like that. However, um, because I have that platform, because I'm speaking my mind, because I'm saying things that people don't want to hear, people are getting upset and they're attacking me. Um, and they are going to attack anybody who, who has an idea that's outside of the mob mentality. Um, you can look at the way that they've turned on J.K. Rowling recently. J.K. Rowling... Rowling was lockstep with all of their ideology and said all of the things that they loved and and wanted her to say but then she took a stand on one particular issue that she thought was important and the mob turned on her and now they won't even acknowledge the fact that she wrote the books that they loved they kept the books they just threw out the author of the books they don't 
they don't care. It's 100% compliance or nothing. That's not how it should be. That's not what freedom of speech is is about. That's not about. That's not what the freedom of ideas is about. Um, we need to be able to talk to each other. We need to be able to communicate with each other and discuss things with each other because that's how we build each other up. You don't. You don't enhance society. You don't enhance yourself. You don't enhance your community by by isolating yourself and locking yourself in your room. You get out there and you learn new things. And you learn new things by seeing by talking to people that have different perspectives than you. And learning why they have the perspective that they do and seeing where you can find the common ground and use that common ground to build something really great. But people are afraid and they don't want to speak. And because of that, the ideology, the divisive ideology that's trying to put everybody into subcategories. We only need one category to identify ourselves, and that's America. That's American. That's what America is all about. Like, yes, we have a history of some truly awful things, but we have a history of some truly great things. Um, I heard a speaker say once, you know, in every situation, you're going to have the good, the bad, and the ugly. You don't want to disregard the good for just the bad and the ugly. You have to have a balance of everything so that you can properly understand the good and the bad. You can work towards making the good better and making the bad less. But if you're not aware of the good, if you completely disregard the idea that there can be any good, then... You risk the idea, or you you risk losing everything. Essentially, if you don't recognize a good thing when you have it, you'll lose it. You know, I mean, I I'm I have no doubt in my mind that almost every single person listening to this podcast right now has had that very that that very exact experience where they didn't realize that they had a good thing until it was gone, and now it's gone, and now they recognize it. That's what's happening in America right now. We have a good thing here. We have a thing that we should keep, that we should fight, that we should um, that we should keep trying to pursue. But there's division in America, and that division comes from the these ideologies the and it it's really all about infiltration America is too powerful to destroy from the outside in anybody who engages in a full on tactical military assault on America maybe maybe they can win but at the same time they're going to take a lot of damage and it's probably not going to be worth it um however america like i said earlier is the last bastion of 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 freedom uh, do you know that people in canada get arrested for telling jokes or at least it's happened once um people in the uk also get arrested for telling jokes people get arrested for speaking their mind and that's not the way that it should be it should never be that way 
if you're not willing to protect freedom of speech for for everybody then you have no freedom of speech whatsoever it doesn't it doesn't matter how hateful or vile the content is like i said earlier if the if the content is hateful you have to come back at it with light you have to come back at it and you have to show people you have to persuade people you have to you have to make people realize why their ideas are bad why their ideas are harmful not only to themselves but to other people as well and if you're incapable of doing that and all you can do is shut down speech then you're going to make the problem worse but i understand that people are afraid i understand that people do not want to speak up because of the consequences of what could happen but you need to understand that we're losing our country and every single time that there's a piece of misinformation that floats by you, every single time that um, an ideology is able to build and multiply and it goes unchallenged and it, and it sounds all, all flowers and unicorns and everything like that, but ends up being destructive to everything that everybody holds dear. Every time that this happens... The division gets worse and we get further and further away from each other. And so we have to start standing our ground. We can't, we can't allow ourselves to be pushed by, um, by the mob mentality, by the people who, who aren't willing to look for reason, that aren't willing to look for evidence, that aren't willing to look at the truth. It is important to always know why you believe what you believe. And there are people on both sides that are very guilty of not doing this. Um, people have the tendency to run with the first narrative that they, that they hear. Um, or the first narrative that they want to accept. Um, a good example right now would be the Breonna Taylor incident because I'm seeing a lot of people post about that and then a lot of people on both sides are getting information incorrect. And nobody actually wants to take the time to understand why they believe what, what they believe, uh, why they feel so strongly about it. Um, we care more about the narrative, we care more about being right, we care more about the, the divisiveness than we care about, about the truth. Um, and we can't have that anymore. The good people, the people that are willing to do their research, the people that are willing to look for information, the people that are, are willing to understand what is go, going to understand and put, uh, I'm sorry, that are willing to put the effort forth to understand what is going on, these people need to start speaking. We can't be silent anymore. We can't allow the mob to control us. We have to stand our ground and we have to push back. And we can do this with, in, in empathy and love. And we can do this from a place of understanding. Because you have to understand, anybody who's on my side of the debate, the the people that you're you're debating against, the, the, pe the people that you're arguing against, the people that you're trying to, to um, show the truth to, those people are not your enemy. Their ideology is the enemy. You're fighting through their ideology. 
don't fight the person. You know, I mean, I personally probably fall guilty to this at some point in time. Um, but my core value that I do try to stick to is that I'm fighting against the ideology. Uh, actually, to be fair to myself, when I get hostile, when I start attacking against people, it's usually a reflection of what they are doing. Um, that's going to be something that I probably talk about in a future episode, but it's something that you need to be aware of and you need to start being prepared for. If you make the decision to enter into this arena, if you get out there and you start speaking the truth, if you start fighting back, if you start um, tearing down this fake narrative that has been presented to us that needs to be destroyed, if you start doing that, then you have to realize, one, that people are going to start attacking you. Last night, I mean, it's the first time that it that it uh, that it ever happened. But I I got called a Nazi. I got called a Nazi for posting a GIF that said I was going to vote for Trump in 2020. I was going to vote for Trump in November. Uh, I got called a Nazi. I got called a racist. Um, I got told that I was ignorant and that I had no information. That I had no reason for what. I was, uh, for what I was saying or what I believed in, and all I did was listen to Fox News. And the great part about this was that for a long period of time, I didn't actually say anything other than troll them with gifts. I just kept throwing gifts up there anytime that they would say anything. And they just kept going off and and going on and on and on and on and on. Uh, one of them threatened to, um, I don't know, he essentially, he threatened to do a lobotomy on my brain with an ice pick, that's what it was, and so, you know, like, an actual threat of violence, I mean, I don't necessarily take it seriously, because I realize that people don't realize what they're saying, and this guy, I don't think that this guy actually had any real intention of giving me a lobotomy with an ice pick, I think he was just super angry, and he felt like that was the best way to express himself, but that being said, I don't think that the idea or that the uh, the rhetoric should be allowed to stand. I don't think that this this casual violence because people don't mean what they say. Once again, a trait of the left. Um, I don't I don't think that this is appropriate. Um, if you can't present your ideas without threatening violence, if you if you can't um, if you can't contradict my ideas without over screaming me and yelling at me and telling me how wrong I am without presenting any information or evidence then I don't know I, I can't take you seriously bro but the point is that they are going to be vicious with their their attacks they're going to say a bunch of things that are not true they are going to say um, once you once you catch them in a misinformation or a false narrative or something like that, they'll jump off into something else that's a, a different false narrative and everything. And you got to learn to shut that down. Once you've gotten the win, you, you back out of the conversation and you tell them that you'll, you'll speak upon that topic another time. You have to take the win when you get the win. But the big thing that I've been building up to is you have to be prepared to fight dirty. And that doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. Ha ha, look at me using the doublespeak just like the leftist. 
No, the leftists have been fighting dirty. They, they've been name-calling. They've been using mob tactics to, to overwhelm people and silence people by their violence. They've been using... Um, everything Everything has been hostile. It's... it's, it's it, it's not information. It's not sources. It's all it's all gaslighting. It's all um, telling people that they are exactly what you are. You know, projecting things upon people. Uh, like back to that conversation I had last night. Uh, guy was just they were going back and forth because I didn't really ever say anything other than those gifts they were going back and forth about how stupid I was and everything and so finally I was like look do you actually want to uh to hear why I'm voting for Trump in November or are you just too busy or would you prefer to continue fantasizing about the violence that you want to do to me and the guy was like oh yeah sure yeah I'm open-minded man I'd love to see your sources or whatnot so I linked him this source and it was this thread that I had made where I showed that that Donald Trump was fighting human trafficking and I mean this has like 42 slides on it and it's got it's completely sourced it has all of the information that you need well uh, I say all but like just the base level information really because it's just the tip of the iceberg there's even more than that but like i did put this thing together it was fully sourced and everything really easy to read i tagged him in it i was like there you go bro there's my reason and he looked at it and he was like man i only got about three in there's no way that you can't convince me that trump is a pedo and that's the problem there's no way that you can convince me this is the uh, this is the the war cry of the leftist they come in and they say, well, there's no way you can convince me that what I believe is not true. Despite all of this evidence that you have, I'm not going to look at the evidence because I already know the truth. And that's that's a standard that is a low, low bar for what you're going to believe. You should at the, at the very least read one article, all right? At least question one thing that you believe. But... These people are stuck inside of their delusion, and all they want is to be told that they're right, that their understanding of how things are operating inside of America and their understanding of the universe and politics and Donald Trump and, and the, the mainstream media and news and, and anything else, their understanding of it is accurate, and, the, and you can't question what they say, but there's a lot going on. And I know that some of you listening to me are going to agree that there's a lot going on without actually knowing what that means. And I know that some of you are going to be like, yeah, there's a lot going on. And that's the thing. The mainstream media controls the narrative. And because they control the narrative, they control the information that comes out. And because they control the information that comes out, the real crimes, the real scandals are not getting any media attention. They're not being shared on Facebook. And the, the people who are actually um, actually speaking the, the truth, they get, they get silenced on Facebook and on Twitter and all these big tech platforms. Uh, they they actually have real information actual investigative journalism but they're not allowed to speak and their voice is muffled because people don't want people to know what these corrupt individuals have been doing behind the scenes and that kind of brings us back to the main point the silent majority has 
got to start speaking up. It has got to start posting things. We have got to get control of the narrative because the narrative is complete lies right now. It is complete garbage. It's a it's an absolute disinformation campaign. Nobody knows what is up, what is down, what is true, what is false. Who are, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? And it's just because of all of the contradicting narratives that come out. We can find the truth, though. Like, that's the blessing of the internet. We are more connected than we've ever been in our entire lives. We can communicate with each other. We can make information more regularly available. But we have to do it. And that's that's why I've been building my platform. That's why I've been gaining an audience. Is because I recognize that, that there is a very harmful narrative that is permeating through our society and it's it's controlling us and it's dividing us and it's destroying us from within and so we have to stand against that narrative we have to know what we're talking about we have to we have to do our own research we have to dig deeper we have to challenge our own beliefs we have to question everything but most importantly we need to speak and you know like Having this this conversation, it's an ongoing conversation about the need to speak with a friend, and I I told her about this whole idea like the leftists fight dirty, and you're gonna have to fight dirty as well if you want to fight against them. And like I said, I'm gonna go into this in a future episode. the po- The point that I'm making right now is that you can fight dirty, but still maintain your dignity, and you maintain your dignity in multiple different ways the first one is to always be respectful until you shouldn't be anymore um and i i use it i think i said this earlier i use it like a reflection i match their energy so if they start coming at me with curse words then bet i'm going to come back with curse words at them if they start with insults i'm going to insult them back but they set the standard and i follow through and i I bring it down intensely if they are going to do these things to you if they are going to use these tactics against you then you need to be able to use these tactics against them because they're not used to get they're not used to push back on these tactics they will continue to speak they will continue to berate you unless you're willing to do the same thing to them that they do to you so be respectful for first but absolutely stand your ground and defend yourself and be volatile if next necessary. The next thing to maintain your dignity is to focus on your goal. Is your goal to make fun of them? Is your goal to demean them? Is your is your goal to um, make fun of them because they have a, a different political ideology? then you're not doing any good is your goal to change their mind if that's your primary goal then you can use that as a value to shape the way that you are responding to people so even if you are getting volatile with them you can you can make sure that you're concentrating on that one goal which is changing people's minds and bringing them to your side um part of that is going to be bringing in the people that are undecided uh like i said with that 
that that guy that I was speaking to on Facebook, he started calling me a Nazi and everything like that. And I just started responding with gifts and just kept watching them get more and more angry. And I didn't, I literally said no words whatsoever. I just posted gifts. Um, I mean, the gifts had words in them and you know, I think one of them was like, don't be a meanie or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was silly trolling. I was having fun with it. Um, but those guys got more aggressive with me. Those guys threatened violence against me. Those guys accused me of not having any sources or information and then rejected my information when it actually came to the light. That's what they were doing. And when people come in and they stumble upon this conversation and they see the drama in the comments, what are people going to see? People are going to see that I took a stand People are going to see that I provided my sources and that I provided my information. I provided my reasoning because I did eventually end up speaking and I did eventually end up telling him a list of Trump's accomplishments. And he did stop talking after that. But, um, uh, I got off on a micro tangent and I lost my place. Like I said, this particular podcast is not organized the importance was to get out there and speak. The importance for you is to get out there and speak. And, um, you know, I was talking about the concept of, of, I was talking about the concept of, um, of maintaining your dignity and everything. And, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'm going to leave it right here. We're going to come back. Uh, I'm going to speak some more. I think that I had a good session despite lack of organization and all of that. I appreciate you listening. The most important thing right now is that you need to start speaking up. Ah, One more thing before I go. The third thing to keep your dignity is you have to have the ability to listen. Okay, this is very important. You need empathic listening. You need to be able to understand what the people that you are opposing are trying to say, why they are saying it, and what they believe. Um, if you can, if you can empathize with them, if you can understand their point of view, if you can, if you can make their viewpoint feel more validated, then they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. Now we have a lot of division, and it's going to be. A lot to get through, but this is something that I, I believe I've talked about in previous co- podcasts. But uh, Stephen R. Covey, his book um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and his habit where he talks about seek first to be, seek first to understand, then be understood. When you are entering into dialogue with people, try to get to a point where you are trying to understand where they are coming from, what they are trying to say, so much so that you know their argument better than they know it themselves. But you have to speak up. You have to push back against the fake narratives. You can't allow this to stand anymore. You're losing your country. We're losing our country. We're losing our country because we are afraid to stand up against this tyranny, against this mob mentality, against the misinformation, against the lies, against the corruption. But we're starting to stand up now. And there's a lot of us out here. 
and we're becoming more organized we're becoming more connected we're becoming we're sharing information with each other we're building our understanding of what is occurring and what is happening and we are breaking down the narrative so take heart you're not alone in this fight that's that's the other part like you know i said that i've been building up this platform and people are attacking me for it well the other side of the coin is that people are feeling safe in the platform that i'm making and it's it's giving them the ability to speak up on my post i will say something strong i'll say something adamant and then people will come in and comment say yes thank sorry Ooh, i just swallowed some spit thank you this is exactly what i've been trying to say and um i i and they'll, they'll add on to the conversation. And th this is good for multiple reasons because it starts showing people that there's common ground out there. That these people who haven't been talking to each other, the silent majority, they actually do exist. And they actually do care about the state of the country. And they are ready for some real change. And they're ready to get connected to each other. And they are ready to bring that change upon themselves. So, anyway, that's my rant for today. Um... I, I the the recording app that I'm using just gave me a message about three minutes ago that I only have five minutes left. So this is a good spot to to wrap up the recording. Speak up. Be loud. Make your voice heard. Stand your ground. That's the core principle of everything. Remember, it's not the end of the world. It's just the the apocalypse. I thank you for being the world's sexiest audience. Until next time, this is Aaron Thor Brown with the Paperback Philosophy Podcast.